Welcome to the Sick Mom's Guide, Episode 9. I'm your host, Jen Hardy, and I believe that if we lift the veil of shame and ditch the guilt, as a community, we'll grow stronger. What do I mean by that? I'll tell you as I discuss Killing Supermom. First of all, I do not condone murder of actual people, but I do believe that we need to get rid of this ridiculous idea of supermom. When I was a kid, there was a song, it was for a perfume named Anjali. I don't know if you would remember it. And it was something like, I can bring home the bacon, fry it up in a pan and never, ever, ever let you forget you're a man because I'm a woman. And it sprang out of this newness of feminism and the excitement that women could go out and get a job and do all these things. But unfortunately, part of that song in particular, and the idea was not only could we do something for ourselves and do our thing, but if you notice in the song, it was also, I can take care of my man, right? And I can take care of my kids and I can make everything perfect. And it started the beginning of something that is very damaging to women. It's so amazing that in just the past few decades, we're able to go out and get any job we want. And we're starting to get paid equally for those jobs. That's just so fabulous. And it's so exciting. And we're on the brink of this equal world where people can do what they want, no matter who they are, no matter how they were born. And it's fabulous and incredible. But the downside that's come through that is that women are not just expected to be able to do that, but also still have their role of perfectly caring for their spouse and their children and seeing that everything looks great and is great and everyone's fed well and healthy. And there's just no way we can give 100% to five different things because there's only 100% of us. And so I wanted to ask around and see if other women felt the same that I do about Supermom. I created a very unscientific poll by asking two different groups on Facebook, what did they think of when they heard the word Supermom? One group was my group of chronically ill moms, and another group was a healthy group of women who all own their own businesses. Surprisingly, though, their answers were very similar. The answers were things like, not good, she doesn't exist, unrealistic expectations, obligated to be perfect, like it is every other mom but me. One of the moms said, it makes me roll my eyes so hard, I don't think they exist, at least not in the way they're portrayed. Supermom looks like Wonder Woman, but in reality, I think it looks more like World War I trench warfare. Someone else said, pressure, less than, not doing enough, don't buy it. First thought is negative. Like, why don't I have my life together so I can do all the things like that perfect mom that realistically doesn't exist? A few people just said, not me. Someone else said, tired. To me, super mom does all the things. I got a whole lot of answers, but the one I'm going to end up with is the one who said, angry, overwhelmed, intimidated, sad, anxious, depressed, and I get a migraine. 
that is the standard that women are holding themselves up to. And that is why I want to kill Supermom. Supermom is this idea in our heads that's been grilled into us since we were little. We're going to grow up, we're going to have the perfect wedding and the perfect children, and we're going to be the perfect mom. And everything's going to be perfect all the time, right? You're going to look perfect, you're going to act perfect. And so are your children everywhere all the time. You'll marry the perfect man and he'll treat you perfectly well, (laughs) be the perfect dad. But when I grew up and I had kids, I realized that even though things can be great, they're never going to be perfect. Whatever your idea of perfect is, I've got my idea, you've got your idea, everyone's got a little bit different idea. But we all have that perfect idea in there in our head. And I just want to say, it's taken me a long time to realize that perfect isn't necessarily a good thing. And that I've had to make peace with two words that I have fought and fought for the last 12 years. And those words are good enough. When the first person told me that I needed to accept things being good enough, I thought they were totally wacko. I really did. I like things perfect. I'm a firstborn. I'm a type A personality. I know how I like things to be. And I just like them to be that way because I do. That's kind of always been my personality. Um, and I'm, that may not sound right to you, but it's just how I've always been. And when I had my older set of kids, um, if you don't know, I've got kids that are six, eight, 19, 20, 21, 24, and 28. Um, so I have an older set and a younger set. And I tend to refer to them that way because they got parented totally differently, possibly to the detriment of the older ones. Although because of my health, I feel like it's to the detriment of the younger ones. It all depends on who you talk to. But when I was raising the older set of kids, I wanted everything to be perfect. I literally pulled out a white glove when they would do their chores. I believe we can all admit at this point that that is a horrible thing to do. Please don't ever do it. I have apologized for that, by the way. Um, Not always. I did not always do that. But they knew that they had a very high standard to meet. In a way, it turned out well. They all are in college or have graduated from college. They're all doing the things that they wanted to do and are successful. But honestly, they're a bit resentful because that is a hard way to grow up. So I am learning that good enough is okay. Not just for my kids, though, that good enough is okay for me. And it's okay to give myself grace when I fall short of the idea that I had and the things that I wanted to do in the way that I wanted to do them. I pictured my kids, you know, dressed perfectly, behaving perfectly in public and at home. I would love to be that mom with that beautiful hair and her makeup done well and her outfits fitting perfectly all the time. But realistically, I live in yoga pants. I live in t-shirt material shirts, even when I dress up to go out. My kids are dressed comfortably. My husband enjoys being comfortable. That's kind of what we've turned our look into. And right now it's working. It is good enough. And that's okay. And so if you're one of those people, and I think most of us are, that has some ideas in your head of what you want things to be like, and you feel guilty, and you feel ashamed, and you feel less than because you're not doing those things that are in your head, 
it may be time for you to let go of them too. And it may be time for you to say that good enough is good enough. And, you know, you still want to take care of your children. I'm not saying, you know, we're just going to feed them chips and have them watch TV all day because that's good enough. I don't think that is good enough. Um, There may be a day or a half a day where that happens. And if you're really sick, you just need to give yourself grace. But, you know, it's okay to change the expectations that you had. So I'm going to tell you something that you can do. Um, If you're listening to this, you're probably driving or doing something else. And I do not obviously want you to write now. But think about it in your head or write these things down later. What are your expectations for yourself? What are your mom goals and your woman goals and your self goals? What do you expect yourself to do? I gave myself a minute and I wrote down all the things that I expected myself to do. And I'm going to tell you what they are and then I'm going to tell you what I did with this list. Okay, so I homeschool my two younger ones. I want to teach my kids to be good people. I want to take care of my husband. I want everybody to feel loved. I want to keep reminding myself that they're all too busy to do that for me. I want to make everyone's medical dental appointments. I want to go to all of these appointments. I want to create beauty in my home. I like to plan every day out for us. I actually have on my list to smile because I don't do that enough. I run three websites. I run a support group, have a great podcast, and create some stunning visuals for all aspects of my business and get some good search engine results. Well, as somebody who is in bed 18 to 22 hours a day, I'm sure that you can listen to that list and think this woman must be absolutely crazy because how in the world is she going to get all those things done? And you would be correct, because I cannot do all of those things with 100% of my energy when I barely have any energy. And I really, until very recently, that was just the top part of my list, there was probably 50 other minor things on there. Um, But I think we all have, we all have a pretty big list of things we expect from ourselves, and things that we expect that other people expect of us. Does that make sense? Like things that we think our husband or significant other expects from us. And so it's really important to sit down and say, what do I think that I need to do? Am I having a realistic expectation for myself? And if I'm not, I need to tone that down. So I took my list and I crossed a bunch of things off. And that's what I would recommend to you. Write down everything you expect yourself to do. And then are you ready? Cross off half of those things. If your list is really long, you need to cross off half of them. They're just not all going to happen or they're all going to happen and you're going to get sicker and more depressed and more full of anxiety. So I still am going to homeschool my kids. It's a personal choice. I don't think everyone should do it. Everyone always thinks I'm judging them for not doing it. And I am definitely not. Um, For my situation, it works out really good. I have two kids with special needs at this point. I did homeschool my older kids. But between running around to different schools and arguing with people about IEPs and trying to figure out homework that doesn't make sense to me and makes me frustrated, that's actually more work than homeschooling and doing school in my home for four hours with my kids and tailoring the program to what they need. So for me, that actually makes my life easier. I've changed all my other little goals to take care of my family as well as I can. That's a very realistic goal. 
I think for any mom, take care of my family as well as I can. Okay. It doesn't mean everyone is perfect all the time. It doesn't mean that I'm happy and smiling and I never get upset or my kids never get upset or we always look perfect. It's doing the best job I can in the moment that I'm in. I've added onto my list to delegate the responsibilities I can to someone else. And if you're a type A personality or someone who likes things done a certain way, this is a really hard thing to do. This is something that I have done in the past. My children have always had, we call them jobs at home. Other people call them chores. Um, Chore to me, it just seems like drudgery. So I use the word job. Um, But I had to stop expecting perfection when the kids did things. So my six and eight-year-olds have things that they do at home. And good enough is okay, because guess what? It's less for me to do. And I'm all about having less for me to do right now. I do want to keep my home beautiful, but let's be realistic. I'm not going to be creating beauty constantly because I'm too wiped out for that. I'm going to run two websites instead of running three because three is just too many. I'm going to keep my support group because my girls rock. And if you would like some support and you want to be in a place that is positive and there's no backstabbing or undercutting or anything, and someone gets where you're at with your chronic illness and they get what it's like to be a partner and a mother who is struggling physically or mentally or emotionally, pop on over right now. It's a Facebook group called Chronically Positive Moms. We may be moving away from Facebook for privacy reasons, but right now that's where everybody's at and that's where we are. It's called Chronically Positive Mom. Does not mean you have to be fake positive, by the way. It just means that we're a bunch of moms trying to stay positive, even though our bodies are trying to rebel. And I'm going to keep that going because these girls are wonderful. And I'm going to make the best podcast because you know what? We need a voice. We need this. At this point, I am two weeks into this podcast. And in my first two weeks, I've had as many downloads as the average podcast has in a month. These are podcasts that have been around for years. I've got more downloads than 50% of other podcasts. So we are meeting a need here. I am meeting a need. I'm going to keep going. And honestly, I love it. I love talking to you. I love knowing that wherever you are, whatever you're going through, I love you knowing that you're not alone. And I love knowing that I'm sitting here and I'm overwhelmed and my body is rebelling and I'm going through all this stuff. And it's not just me. You and me are in this together and we can work this together and we can build a voice and we can build strength and we are going to change the world. And I know that sounds silly, but it's true. My my motto, my thing is that I'm changing the world one chronically ill mom at a time. And if I can just let you know that you aren't alone, and if I can give you a lifeline and give you some support and give you ways to find information to make your life better, I feel like a successful person. And you know what? I'm in bed 18 to 22 hours a day, and I can do that from here. And it is the most awesome feeling in the whole entire world. So I'm very excited. And you know, that's another thing. What are you doing for yourself? Yeah, I left a pause there on purpose. 
What are you doing for you? I know self-care is the big buzzword right now, right? Self-care and spas and all this stuff. But let's face it, a lot of us don't have a lot of money. A lot of people who are sick, their money is going to doctor bills and their money is going to pay their insurance or COBRA their insurance or trying to pay for some alternative therapies that insurance won't cover that we really would like to try to see if we can feel better. So we don't have a lot of money. But you know, you can do something for you that makes you feel better. And I want to tell you right now why it's important, okay? Because people are, we've gone from this me generation, right? This me, 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 everything's about me, to this super mom generation where it's about me and everybody else simultaneously, we're doing it all. But there has to be some kind of balance, right? Where I'm taking care of me and I'm modeling taking care of me for my family and for my children. So it's not all about me, right? But they're seeing me take care of myself so that when they grow up, they're going to take care of themselves and then they're going to take care of their families too. Um, because how are your kids supposed to know how to take care of themselves if they see mom wiped out and exhausted and never feeling good and always moping and always being down because everyone else's needs are first. And so she's a miserable mess, right? Your kids need to see you happy. You're going to teach them how to be happy adults by being a happy adult. You're going to teach them how to take care of other people by taking care of them. But they also need you to, to see you take care of you, right? It's important when they grow up, you don't want them to just give, give, give and never get, right? You want them to get sometimes too. It's important and you deserve to get something. So maybe it's taking a bath. Maybe taking a bath makes you feel really good. If your house has a bathtub and you enjoy taking a bath, that's not going to cost you much money because you have pipes that bring water into your house, right? So when do you take your bath though? You need to set a time and say, okay, this is what's important to me. I need to relax. I'm going to set this time. Have somebody share kid care with you, like send the kids to a neighbor for an hour and then she sends her kids to you for an hour or have a friend that you do that with. Have some kind of child swapping where you don't feel guilty, right? That somebody's helping you all the time, like your charity but you're doing something for them as well. I think that's really important for us mentally because we need help. Let's face it, we need some help, but we don't just want to be helped. So there are things you can do, but find a way, or maybe maybe it's not taking a bath. Maybe it's just having a couple of hours of peace for yourself. Maybe it's in your own home. Maybe it's sitting in a coffee shop. Maybe it's, you know, walking around the mall, just window shopping, even if you don't have money to spend and, you know, just seeing what you can find or give yourself a little allowance and say, okay, today I'm going to take 10 or $20 and I'm just going to buy myself something special and find something for just a little bit of money. Or if you've got money, find yourself something for some big money, you know, have a massage or have something, but do something. If you can do it once a week, I know that seems really hard for some people, even if it's 30 minutes once a week or one hour once a week, but at least every month, you have to take time for you. The way I have always pictured my ability to give emotionally to other people is like a basket. Okay. I have a basket 
that I, it's like an invisible basket that I carry around. Um, I don't pretend to carry it around. Don't worry. I'm not like that far out there, but I picture this basket with me, right? And in the basket, it's full of things. And I'm not really that concrete of a, a visual person. So I just picture these things in the basket and it can be anything. It can be like a, those pretty glass balls, or it could be flowers, or it could be hearts or picture this basket and it's full with these things. And every time I'm giving emotionally, I'm taking something out of that basket, right? I'm taking something out of what I have emotionally to give and I'm giving it to somebody else. But if I don't ever have anyone helping me refill my basket and my basket's empty, I don't have good things to emotionally give anymore. And that's when I start snapping at people. That's when I start yelling at people. That's when I start feeling really bitter at everybody because I'm emotionally spent. And so I will say my basket's empty. Um, it's better if we don't get to the point where our basket's empty. If you're feeling like you're running low, um, I tend to be one of those people who go, you know, 90 miles an hour until I hit a wall. And then I realize, oh my goodness, I've gone too far. Um, but, but it may help you to picture that, right? You've got this basket is how full is your basket? And if it's not very full, what can you do to fill it up? Do you have a significant other that you can spend some time with? Can you talk to somebody? If you don't have a significant other, maybe a close friend or a sibling or your parent, where you can say, you know, I just, I just feel like I need something that I'm not getting. Um, make sure that you get and receive hugs. Hugs are big. Hugs can do big things. As long as the person getting and giving the hug both feel good about the hug, you know, it's, it's amazing what a hug can do. So if you're not spontaneously giving hugs to the people around you, you may want to try that. It's easy with young kids because they're typically very receptive to that sort of thing. And sometimes just feeling those little arms around you that can fill up a basket. Um, not that we should rely on our children to meet our emotional needs just throwing that out there. But little things like that can fill it back up and can make us feel good emotionally. So make sure you are meeting your own needs. Okay, you've got realistic expectations for yourself, you're meeting your own needs. And now I want you to take take an inventory of what you picture Supermom doing, right? Is she the woman that I explained at the first part of the episode? Do you have something else in your head that Supermom is? Picture her in your head. Picture the standard that you have set yourself up to be. Who is the perfect mom? Do you feel like you should be that mom? I know I did. I know a lot of moms do. So why don't we kill that idea of Supermom? Okay, there is no perfect mom who is perfectly made up, having the perfect job and the perfect husband with perfect children who always listen. Let me tell you something. If you think you know her, you don't. Because I guarantee you, 
behind closed doors when no one else is watching. She's not as perfect as she appears to be on the outside. Um, for a while, people thought that I was that mom. I had two boys and I had two girls and I lived in a gorgeous house up on a hill and I got to stay home and be whatever with my kids at home. And when that period of my life ended, a lot of people said I was very unapproachable. They thought that my life was so perfect, I would have never understood problems. And they had no idea that my life wasn't perfect at all. So you need to know that if you've got somebody up on a pedestal, please, please remove that pedestal for them because no one's got it all together. No, nobody does. And you need to set you some realistic expectations for yourself, the ones that you can meet and feel good about yourself. And I highly recommend writing them down. Write out real mom, not super mom, but real mom. What does real mom look like? You know what? Real mom gets herself as together as she can, right? She's hopefully not wearing pajamas out of the house unless she's wearing really comfy lounging outfits to bed. Um, but you know, she's, she's putting herself and her children together as best she can. She's striving to eat healthy foods and feed them to her children. And every once in a while, they're probably not going to eat healthy food. And that's okay. Because every once in a while, we need a cheat, because otherwise, people are going to feel deprived. So on a sick day, they may eat some junky food, they may eat some frozen food, they may eat some pizza delivered. And you know, it's okay. You don't have to be this perfect everything all the time. Okay? Your spouse, your significant other, whoever the people are in your life that are important to you, we need to give them realistic expectations too. It would be a great thing to sit down with that person and find out what do they expect of you? Are you expecting that they expect so much of you when they really don't. I know what I feel like I should be for my husband is way above and beyond what he expects. All he wants is for me to be happy and to have our family taken care of. That's really what he wants. And for the longest time, I had so much more than that in my head. And I felt like I was failing him all the time. And I felt really guilty about it. So talk to the person that you're with and ask them, what do you expect of me? Am I meeting your needs? And if you are not capable of meeting their needs, for whatever reason, have that conversation and say, this is not realistic. This is what I can do. Because you'll be so much happier together, knowing what's expected and knowing what realistically you can give each other. It is so important that expectation word, it's such a buzzword. And we can really lose a lot of relationships over failed expectations. So talking about that is a really good idea. Okay, so sit down, write out what real mom's like, put a picture of her up with a description, or picture it in your head or write it in your journal. And when you go to bed at night, make her somebody that you can lay down in your pillow and say, you know what, I reached my goals today. Because this super mom being so perfect, you know, there's no room for depression in super mom. There's no room for anxiety, chronic pain, chronic illness. 
none of this stuff we're dealing with, you can't have that and be super mom. So you are already going to fail. You're already going to be really guilty. You're going to feel guilty that you haven't met your expectations. It's hard enough when other people have expectations because they just don't understand what we're going through physically or emotionally or mentally. Don't do that to yourself, okay? Because you are good enough and you are worthwhile. And I am so glad that you're here and you're listening and you're not alone. And I want you to know that wherever you are, you're okay. You are okay. Earlier in the episode, I talked about lifting the veil of shame. In my support group lately, we've had a lot of people talking about how nobody understands. People outside don't understand. They make them feel guilty and they make them feel bad and they let them know very clearly that they're not meeting the expectations that these people have had for them, be they partners or parents, ex-spouses, and it's very, very hard. And I think that the reason that people don't understand it is nobody wants to talk about it, right? Nobody wants to talk about being sick and being in bed. Nobody wants to talk about, I can't get up in the morning, so my eight-year-old has to make breakfast for everybody, or my six-year-old has to bring me a drink because I can't even get up to get it, or I felt so depressed that I know I need to call the doctor, but I'm afraid to call the doctor because I don't want somebody to think I'm crazy, okay? Nobody wants to admit those things. But what I believe and what I know is if everyone who is having those problems started opening up and talking about it, the world would be a better place for all of us. Look at the Me Too movement. Nobody wanted to stand up. Nobody wanted to talk. Nobody wanted to face what was going to happen and lose their job. And then someone stood up and said, you know what? This has happened. And someone else stood up and said, me too. And then there was a tidal wave. And look what's happening. The stigma of that is being erased. Now, it's not completely erased. It's not going to be overnight. And victims will still be victimized for a while because it's hard. But if they can do it, we can do it. We can start talking about it. We can start explaining it. We can start standing up and saying, I get up and I do my job. And when I come home, I'm exhausted and I need help. Who around me is going through this? Who can help me? And on my good days, I'll help you. And on my bad days, you help me and we're going to work together. That's what we need to do. That's how we're going to lift this veil of shame. Okay, we're going to work together and we're going to open up about it and we're going to do it and we're going to stop feeling guilty. We're going to ditch that guilt. We are going to kill super mom. We are going to not expect that from ourselves. We're not going to feel guilty because we fed somebody a little bit of junk food and we're not going to feel guilty because we slept in super late and we're not going to be feeling guilty because our kid went to school with their clothes not matching because we were too exhausted to do the laundry yesterday. The time for that guilt is over. You take care of those kids. You take care of yourself. You make sure everyone has their needs met. That is your goal. Everything we can do above and beyond that, that's gravy. Girl, if you're going above and beyond that, you are doing awesome. Okay? 
I am so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're with me. We are going to lift this veil of shame. We are going to ditch the guilt and we are going to rise up as the millions of moms who are struggling with these things. We are not going to be alone anymore and people are going to understand. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really cannot tell you how much I appreciate you listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone who you know could really use listening to it too. It really helps out if you subscribe in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you can rate and review, that just takes it a step further. Because when you do that in Apple Podcasts or your podcast player, that shows the podcast player, hey, people like this podcast. We're going to show it to other people who are searching quicker in the feed. And then some other moms and some women who are going through these things who really need to hear about this, they're going to get the information put in front of them. So thank you so much for doing that. I am so glad you're with me today. I know I keep saying it, but you know, there's been a lot of times when I I've been so sick. I didn't feel like people wanted me around. And I was very embarrassed to be my real self. And I know that I'm not the only one who's felt like that. So I really am that happy that I just can't stop saying it. So thank you again. The sponsor of this episode is the book, The Sick Mom's Guide to Having Fun Again. If I can do it, you can too. It was written by yours truly. Because I realized, you know what, even for the four months that I was in bed in, or in a wheelchair, I could have fun with my kids. And you can too. So I encourage you to get the book. It is sold online at all major booksellers, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, Amazon, anywhere you can get a book. You can find it. And if you can't, let me know and I'll help you track it down. Um, so thank you again. My music is A New Day by Scott Holmes. Thanks to Scott, because I love our perky little song. Please join me at Chronically Positive Moms on Facebook if you are looking for some women who are going to get it and who feel your pain and who are going to help you focus on positive things and move forward. Because wherever you are, whatever you're going through, you can move forward in a positive way. It may not seem like it right now, but you can, I promise. You can contact me at contact at thesickmomsguide.com. I read every email. I respond to every email personally, and I would love to hear from you. Have a good day and feel well. You are not alone anymore.